This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to episode number 69 of Real Blend, a podcast that wants to tell everybody that this is your pod. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, we, we hope you don't mind, Jake. We hope you don't mind that we put down in the words how wonderful life is oh. now that the blenders are in the world. Listen, you sing it or you do nothing. I hope you don't mind. Listen, you stop singing or you do nothing. <laughs> hey, uh, who sings that song? Uh, that is um, Lil John. <laughs> can, can we keep it that way? Yes. They, they ruined your joke when you They even ruining my punchline. Lil John. So we are all together in London for this very special episode of Real Blend. We never gather together, but when we do, it's in London. Right? Isn't that or kind Chicago, of the case? Yeah, Chicago, is correct. And we're here for uh, two very specific podcasts, Rocket Man and Dark Phoenix. We will be sharing stories over the course of this podcast. Sean was too good to do late night. From, uh, they just didn't invite me. I wasn't good enough. I thought you turned it down. No, I wasn't good enough to do late night. Now I feel like a dick. Mindy I'm Kaling <laughs> cut me off of her list. Apparently. The I would have been very happy to do it. I guess they heard me say it's a TV-sized movie, which is fine. I mean, that's okay. But I'll tell you guys the repercussions of doing the Rocket Man junket is that Elton John songs are in your head yeah. for the entire oh, time. I've been, been singing Rocket Man. Totally okay I've it. been singing Rocket Man for the past three days now. Yeah. I cannot stop singing it. Mm. And we were walking into, we were outside the room of, of Richard Madden. We're going to name drop a lot in this week's episode yeah. uh, because we got to meet a lot of really cool people. But we're outside um, Richard Madden's room waiting for him to come back from a break. And he comes back walking in. Singing Benny and the Jets, which I thought oh, was just that's cool. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. It's in their mind too. It's just constantly yeah. catching them up. So anyway, yes, I am Sean O'Connell, the managing director here at Cinema Blend. Um, we are in London recording episode sixty nine of Real Blend. I am joined in person <laughs> by my two favorite people on the planet. I will start with Kevin McCarthy of Fox Five. Uh, the entertainment reporter for Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Kevin, how are you, sir? Jonathan, good evening in uh, <laughs> London here. It is uh, 8.52 p.m. Yes. As we are recording this uh, London time. Gabe has been waiting an hour and a half for us well, to finish dinner. Yes. But that's uh, okay. That's all right. We're sorry, Gabe. And uh, Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago. Jake, how are you? You know what's crazy is that a testament to <laughs> how much I genuinely love doing this is yeah. that the three of us just had a day where we, for all intents and purposes, hung out with Sophie Turner, Jessica yeah. Chastain, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, yes. Boop, and I know, I told you we were name dropping. Oh, and this is a name dropping. This is an all of the four. You pick them up. But this was the thing all day. I was like, oh, <laughs> we get to hang out and, and, and grab dinner and do the podcast. It's so true. Like, this this is, was this the thing I was looking forward yeah. to. Like, like because this, this happened so rarely. This like, is, like, we already talked to McAvoy this year. We'll get we'll get both her, him and yeah. Chastain later this year for it. It's also, it's, it's, this, this has been a very busy schedule. So, like, people, a lot of people like to think that these junkets are quote-unquote vacations and they're nowhere near that. Um, and we, you know, we work 
really hard on these junkets. It's been very, very busy. We've been, we saw three films, did three press junkets, and this is the first night in our four day trip that we've actually had a second to actually sit down together and talk, yeah. um, which is crazy. And we'll get to Game of Thrones later because Jake and I do, ended up going to a Game of Thrones viewing party. We'll get to all that. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely need you guys to tell all of the details. <laughs> that is a tease. But we will start. This is, We're going to keep this as traditional a show as we normally can. Um, we're going to have a lot of tangents. Uh, it's going to go long. So strap in. This will be one of our very special live from an international city, but we will try to stay on a format as much as we can. And believe me, Gabe is here to crack the whip and keep us moving. So we will go to reviews and you guys have been first off, first off, I have to celebrate that we reached 100 star ratings <laughs> at our Apple iTunes account. Yes. Thank you, Kevin's mom Thank you. for being outstanding. Now I said it again too. I said, you know, look, a hundred star ratings. It's, it's great. It's great, right? But there are a lot of podcasts. Are star ratings or 100 reviews? Star ratings okay. and 56 reviews. Um, but, but My mom only really, did 55 of those. That's true. Well, Is that Jake's mom for one of them? Possibly. Okay, okay. Jan, no, no, no. one I'm of them. I remember. Jan Houston, I think. It was one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jan yeah, from yeah. Houston. Weirdly enough, hers was, I don't care for that joke. <laughs> so uh, we have two, well, we have five new re- reviews, and they've come from 100 total star ratings, Total ratings plus star. Okay, yeah. No, I know that, Gabe. That's fine. Uh, But these are – we're going to single out two reviews that we want to read in this week's episode. We will read a few of them. (laughs) And I can't – I'm just looking at these for the first time. And uh, this is from Evan – oh, God, I should – Evinas, Evinas from Slovakia. Wow. Yes. Wow. Slovakia wow. is listening to the Real Blend podcast. And he starts his subject line, or she, uh, insert Kevin's mom joke here. Yeah. <laughs> so someone in Slovakia knows that your mom is like a joke for the Real Blend podcast. Is that weird to you? My, my, my mom, by the way. <laughs> his mom in Slovakia. <laughs> yeah. This is an IP address my mom yes. got in Slovakia. Right. Yeah. Every week... Since basically the inception of this podcast, I put a mental memo to myself to write a review. But alas, it took this long. Keep up the good work. Done. Co- and then he stops and says, eh, it was an all right movie. <laughs> On a side note, not sure if you've discussed it before, but has any of you three walked out of a movie before? Signed the real yes. Kevin's no, mom. Can't. We can't walk out of I've, The only time I've ever left a film is if I had to use the bathroom in a sense of it, like there was like an emergency situation. Right. That, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't trust someone that reviewed a movie. Yeah. But but said, I, I hated it, but didn't well, watch so all of it. I'll bring this a step forward. Hmm. Um, I'm so, it's funny, because this is like a major, major thing for me as a film reviewer. Every movie I've ever reviewed, I have always fully seen. Yeah. To a point where I remember one time, I had to leave a movie to go to the bathroom, mm. and because I was gone for five minutes, I actually went back, paid to see the film again that Thursday night. Oh wow! Because I didn't feel, and this is, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm also an anxious person. I just didn't feel ethical about reviewing the film, sure, unless I'd seen the entire thing. Right now, I did walk out of a movie. <gasps> this is a really great question. Oh, this is a wonderful question. No, I actually sat through. Gun, I sat through you? all of Forrest Gump. Wow, the entirety. There were a lot um, of movies I wanted to walk out of. I walked out of a movie called Rumor Has It with Jennifer Aniston. With Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner is in it. Shirley MacLaine is in it. And it was Mina Savari. It was at the tail end. It was a December release. We were packing in screenings for year-end awards consideration. So I was living in a theater. Two movies a day. 
Um, and then this was a particular day where we did two Oscar contenders. I don't remember what they were. And then rumor has it was our evening screening. And it was so, it was just so bad. And I couldn't sit. I just couldn't sit any longer. Like it got under my skin and I had to leave. Now I didn't review it. So that's the hook, right? Like I didn't go on and, but that will always stand out as a movie that I couldn't wow. even get through. And I walked out of it and uh, yeah, it was horrible. You hear that? That's the sound of us never getting Jennifer Aniston or Kevin Costner on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Ever. Sean also walked out of Interstellar. No, I stayed Forrest for Gump. all of that one also. I, I'm still convinced you have not seen Interstellar if you don't love it as much as I do. Do you know who we interviewed today is Murph. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's talking about about Shasta. She's Murph. You know what's funny about that? (laughs) Murph. So, Murph. We'll get to why we're here. Yeah. Interstellar is my favorite Nolan movie, but I was interviewing Simon Kinberg today, and we'll get to, I'll get into more detail later on. But Kinberg told me he's he's written, he writes all of his scripts to a Hans Zimmer score. So, like, he writes them to the Thin Red Line score. He'll write them to Interstellar score. Um, so in the interview, I, I said to I said to Simon, I was like, "Interstellar is my favorite Chris Nolan movie." Like, and we kind of had a joke about that. I didn't even put two and two together. Yeah. That down the hallway after that interview took place, I was in front of Murph. Murph, yes, you are. And the Zimmer wow. score in Dark Phoenix is really good. Zimmer's Dark Phoenix score is unreal. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good. good. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. I want to point that out. Okay, second review. If you guys were impressed that the first review came from Slovakia. The second review comes from India. Wow. India. Wow. My weighing in. There for this one. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. uh, another reason to love movies by Abin, A-B-H-I-N-N, Abin one from India. It's great to see the banter between the three of you, and I mostly end up siding with Jake. Hot damn. I started watching Jake's takes randomly on YouTube and have regretted it ever since. No, I, I've been an avid follower. He suggested Kevin's channel, and I've been following you guys ever since. All the love from India. Uh, Abin number one. Now, I also want to point out, because Jake will not tell this story on the podcast, but we left the hotel today, and we stayed late to record uh, an interview with someone very special who's going to be on our podcast in a couple of weeks. I don't want to reveal who. It's cool. Very cool. And uh, Jake got recognized by two fans on the street, which was so amazingly cool to witness. It was just they they how did it start? Because Kevin and I were in the van already. Yeah, well, I I heard someone say Jake. It was awesome, but naturally, like you don't think that at any point or is anyone in London going to be speaking to you? Right. So I didn't. It's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't ask for Kevin. That was the, that was the whole thing. That's the rub. Yeah, I just, I turned around, you know, and then I heard like Jake again and I turned around and because they, they were part of the group of people outside the hotel that were waiting uh, to, to meet to, the, to the meet actors. The yeah. from they had like Sansa Stark yeah. photos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just said, hey, you know, we, we watch your interviews on YouTube. Can we get a picture? And it was just, it was just it's, it's, it's so I, I now like, Almost wish I could do it again to like. I think it was part of me was just in shock, so I wasn't responding as yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, like yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But you were really nice because when you left to get in the van, I don't know if you're paying attention, but the, they turned to each other and they said, "Oh, he's so nice." Oh, they that, actually okay, said that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I leaned out and I said, "He's not. really not. He's fooling you." He only thought Endgame was okay. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. By the way, I'm wearing my Endgame hat. People can't see this right now, but I'm wearing my Endgame hat. I wore it all through dinner. his Endgame <laughs> Yeah, that, that was something we didn't discuss before Jake and I got here. And when we get here, it's only the Endgame It was a very yes. sweet moment. It was great. But it's okay, though. It was know? great. It was great. We, we just didn't know we were at this point in our relationship. We had no idea that Sean... We were there. Yes. All right, talking points. 
Uh, we're going to get to news. We're going to keep it very tight because we have a lot to get to uh, for this week's episode. But when Quentin Tarantino drops a new trailer for his upcoming film, it is going to get discussed. He's also taking a page out of the Rooster Brothers book. Did you notice that? No. How so? So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh. tweeted out – this is not a joke. Tweet, yeah. They tweeted out a um, a letter that was written oh, about spoilers that. Mm. So that Quentin had signed, hand-signed. And it was very similar to what the Russos do with Endgame and Infinity War. Sure. Where it basically said this movie's going to screen. Right. A lot of people worked on it. It's at Cannes right now. Don't uh, ruin it for people. Right. So now, like, did you hear what Tom Rothman said? No. Do you even want to know what Tom Rothman said? Is, there a, is it a spoiler? I mean, it's. I mean, isn't everything's a spoiler? Everything's a spoiler. I mean, is it going to ruin the plot of the movie? No, no, no. It won't ruin the plot of the movie. He said he really hopes. Tom Rothman said in a tweet, "I really hope people maintain the spoiler review because this is the best ending of a movie I've ever seen." What? Yeah. Tom Rothman was the head of Sony. Oh, head of Sony. Um, then, then well, but it, uh, yeah, so it's his movie that's a bold for sure. Statement. But that's a bold movie. Best he said it's, a, it's the best ending he's ever. ever seen. Yes, that he's ever seen. Okay. Now, what's that. Tarantino's best ending? I gotta go to Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. And you know, Inglorious Bastards. People might say Bastards. That told me to, to rewatch the end of Pulp Fiction because you can see. No, who's no? Who Travolta. That? I told you, you Travolta is in the background. Yeah, I did not. And I rewatched Pulp Fiction and, and know for the. I've seen the movie. If we're talking literally, probably twenty-five times. Yeah, um, I never noticed I Travolta never noticed in that, that shot. Yeah, yeah. never. He is. He's right. in the beginning of the movie. So we watched the trailer um, right before we were going to do this interview uh, with a guest who's going to be on our podcast. And uh, we had, surprise, surprise, uh, separate opinions. I loved it. Uh, Kevin didn't really like it all so that much. So Tarantino is my favorite living filmmaker. Um, I thought the first Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer was incredible. This trailer just didn't do anything specifically new for me. Sure. It's not a bad trailer. I just didn't find the trailer to be like it didn't it didn't up the first one for me. Okay, I'm already it's my, already my most anticipated movie of 2019, sure. no question. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not that trailer exceeded anything for me. It didn't really do much. What are you me. most excited to see in that movie? The dialogue. Okay. Um, acting wise, probably the Pitt and Pitt DiCaprio, DiCaprio chemistry. I can't, it's like it's like I keep getting reminded that they're in it. Yeah. And I'm like, God, they're gonna be so good. I, Jake and I, I both don't getting, know what it's about. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. so my, honestly, my thoughts, I've been fairly indifferent about both trailers at this point. Okay. I love the first one. And, and neither and, and that doesn't bother me because I feel like Tarantino movies are inherently really difficult to sum up and Sure, minutes. right. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me that I watch the trailer and it doesn't necessarily do anything for me because the whole point of the trailer is to make me want to see a movie and I already want to see this movie. And I don't think that the trailer not doing anything for me doesn't make me think it's going to be bad. I just recognize that the best parts of that and Tarantino is probably someone, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, that probably has total control over his trailer. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, he's not going to put his cut. best stuff yeah. in there. So it doesn't bother me that the trailer doesn't do anything for me because I also know that the, the movie is inherently going to be a thousand times better than whatever the trailer could potentially offer. I mean, if you go back and – I mean, the Django trailer is not particularly great. The Inglourious Bastards trailer is not particularly Tarantino's great. Tarantino's not known for great trailers. Right. Because you can't You're sell right. Tarantino up in right. two minutes. Right, right, right. Yeah. I also have to admit to something. Um, Best ending ever. That's what he said. That's pretty bold. It says the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, it does. <laughs> Are you going to find Yes, me? it does, Scott. Like, we all watched it together, and I looked over at Sean. I, I was like, Sean, 
You know I'm Scott? Because I'm texting a guy. I'm texting my anchor right now from Freddy's. <laughs> His name is Scott. Yeah. I was like, who's Scott? Yeah. Who's Scott? Um, but I I'm texting over, my anchor from Chicago. His name is Scott. And I'm texting him right now. I looked over at Sean in the trailer. This is what Jake does during the show. I know. <laughs> and again, <laughs> during the more trailer, more the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. I know. Are, when are you going to come over to our side? I'm, I mean, I'm afraid I'm, I'm inching a little bit. Oh! <laughs> I'm afraid Wait, this is massive in London. I'm inching marginally. Oh, because it does say the ninth film. It's been saying that the whole Wait, time. Wait, we've used that argument before. No, I know, I know, but like seeing it, like, just makes me. Did think. you not see it? Would you put it on? No, it's not that I. And I don't. It's not that I don't also still agree with the points that I brought up in the previous the Quentin argument. Tarantino, the creator. Yes, this is one movie. He'll will. We I know, I know. used this argument no, before. No, I know, I know, but I'm saying seeing it. Are you did you never it? see it before? I never saw him it's call. It's all of his poster. No, I never saw him call this the ninth film by Quentin but Tarantino. But he called all the other ones, the eighth film, the seventh. Like, a Filet was the eighth, yes, eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. Film by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I, I'm not ready to We've relent just to yet. Sorry, you, first time on the podcast? I'm not re- ready to relent just yet, but Wait, what I'm saying is. The fact that you're wavering. I'm not. I'm certainly wavering. If I I'm get Quentin wavering. Tarantino, if I'm lucky to get him for this movie, I'm not yeah. going to waste the question. This guy already know the answer. But that's a shame. But if you get him, yes. you need to tell him your point of view. Well, I'd like to get him on this podcast. I would really like to get I, him on you, this podcast. Would you I bring it up? Quentin, of course. Would you? If Tarantino he, tells you yeah. you're wrong, would well, you? Then I'll accept it. Yeah, of course. Okay, but he's okay. So you wouldn't go toe-to-toe with Tarantino? You wouldn't tell you him wouldn't argue with him? Here's what I would do if we get him. I would explain my point. Like, I would say, but you added... You know, end credits and opening Aren't credits. Aren't end credits legally have to be there regardless of the movie? Doesn't matter what the – but that, I'm saying once you make that decision, you're agreeing that it's two movies. Well, we'll split no, it. but Harvey Weinstein made that decision. But it doesn't matter. Quentin agreed. We don't have to go down this road. I can tell Gabe is freaking out. Gabe is definitely freaking out. I know that we're going down this road. But I will say when we get Quentin on this podcast, because I'm saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We will have this conversation. Based on a guarantee that we've been given of someone else later this year, yes. let me tell you, it's very possible we get Quentin Tarantino. And we will because have this conversation. we can get Person X, yes. we can get Quentin Tarantino. If that and we happens. can't tell you who Person X is other than we've been told we're going to get this person. Is that yes. okay? Did I say that? It's Kate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Gabe's going to finally have a full-fledged Gabe has become – do you guys ever watch Home Improvement? Yeah, Wilson, like, like the, with the Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave has become the Wilson of real one. When yeah. I we we saw Tim Allen recently, and when I was a kid, I, we would go Halloween. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> we would go Halloween um, trick or treating, right? And my dad one year did Wilson. Like he took a cardboard box and put it in front of his face, and we'd walk around the uh, right. neighborhood. I told Tim Allen that it was like kind of cool. And then the <laughs> that comes from like Allen asked him about that. He said something along the lines of like. Him and his brothers growing up would like look at something and go, like, like explaining something instead of just like giving it words. Right. I, can't remember, I don't want to quote him. He paraphrased it somehow. It was a really cool story though. I want to point out too, I was just thinking about the fact that like people who listen to the podcast have met Gabe. People who came to the Chicago meetup have met Gabe. And what has happened since our Chicago meetup is people who went to the Chicago meetup now meet up on their own. Yes. Like people who yeah, we listen give, to our we show. Give the, the meetup a shout out? Uh, yeah, I think we need to let uh, the people who went to the meetup. Now it's Kyle uh, and Kalina Arthur. and Arthur and um, Nitro. Who's Nitro? What is Nitro's name? Um, I forget his name. God, I'm going to blank. Gabe, help me out here. I forgot to. God. Chris, is it Chris? I want to say it's Chris. Yeah? Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, Jake. Jake is looking really fast. Um, they are meeting up outside of official meetups. So we have now had two official Real Blend sponsored meetups and two unofficial uh, people just getting together, one in London and one in Chicago. And, uh, and we think that that's amazing and we need to break the tie uh, and either have our own official meetup again uh, or have people get together on their I, own. I, I've heard rumors and about where our next official uh, meetup might be. Wait, I haven't heard anything Really? I haven't heard anything either. Oh, what are you? From y'all. Oh, no. can you spill it right yeah, now? Tell us. Are you excited? Yeah. Am I supposed to be somewhere I don't know about? <laughs> I, I heard the next one's going to be in D.C. Oh, can it be in D.C.? That's where I live. I haven't heard about it. That should be great. Oh, wait, wait, why is it in D.C.? Because you would be there. Because you would be there. Yeah, but how would it end up in D.C.? A lot of people would come would see you. you. Why wouldn't I be in D.C.? I'm a Boy. billion frequent flyer miles. Has this conversation happened? I genuinely thought, who did I talk with? I thought I talked, I thought I spoke with someone about it. Because your schedule is the craziest of us three. Your schedule is the craziest. And I thought I spoke with someone. Gabe, can we do one in D.C.? The easiest way to, to make it work is if it was in your city. <laughs> okay. I want to point and out. To be fair, I actually think the next three... Should or the next couple should be in each of our individual cities. I, I think heard no one's going to come to Charlotte. Charlotte. I would no. I would love to spend a weekend in Charlotte. Okay. I genuinely can we do. I'd love to go to St. Louis. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> can we do a meetup at the uh, Forrest Gump bench on the Paramount lot? Oh, so but, but there's just not enough time. The Forrest Gump screening on the mall oh, would have yeah. been. I don't want to see it with you. I don't want to see oh, it with that, you. That's that fair might be the, I don't. That might be the DC meetup you're referring. That's to. That's fair enough. No, but we should do DC because okay. I do think a lot of people would come just to meet you. No. Yes. I'd be there to meet my mom. And no, me- dude, because I went to the Smithsonian with you for the Russos, and you were a hit. You were a hit. Kevin was as hate, big of a star as there. the as the Russos were. Um, I want let's jump let's jump off that. We're gonna get to a, another uh, meetup for sure, and you guys you will be told. You did want a tangents. I did want a tangents for sure. Uh, one of the reasons why we were well, of course, we're here for Rocket Man, and we're here for Dark Phoenix, and for Lake Rocket Hype. Man. But from the minute that it was announced that we were going to be coming to London uh, this weekend, Jake was very nervous because it was the Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh, the Game of Thrones finale. And, and I literally, full disclosure, I almost didn't come. Well, that's what I'm going to say. I think, I think it's fair to say that you almost there – were, there were actually multiple junkets happening in Los Angeles this weekend that Jake could have very easily gone to cover some huge movies in L.A., um, and Kevin and I were riding him hard about like, come to London, come hang out with us. It's going to be a really good time. And the big concern of his was, how are we going to see Game of Thrones? And for people who don't know the time difference, it meant that Game of Thrones was airing here at two o'clock in the morning. With commercials. Yes. Well, we didn't know that. You know, right. I didn't know but that yeah, was the two case. Two o'clock in the morning, Monday morning. And right up until... Without any guarantee of how we were going to watch it. Sunday right? afternoon, you guys still hadn't really had a plan locked in So place. initially, when I found out I was going to be here, I started researching. I texted someone who I know from um, the UK and asked like how people watch Game of Thrones here. And I, it was like, I eventually made my way to, I guess it was Now TV or right. Sky Atlantic. Um, there was a way to possibly get a free trial... And then see, that if, didn't pan out. see if it'll work, right? And now <laughs> no, because there's like an 18 month commitment. Right, he has an 18 month commitment. <laughs> so, you can't sign up for HBO for one month, right? So we backed out of that, and then the next hope was: does the hotel we're staying in have HBO? They don't, or whatever the Sky Atlantic would be, they don't have it here. Um, so then Jake, I'll let Jake explain it. When we landed, Jake so we found. Landed, you know, something. it was just you know, I started getting really nervous because. 
we were inching closer and closer to the Game of Thrones finale, and we had gotten a lot of conflicting reports about download this app, maybe download that app. I, I brought a cord that could have hooked up my iPad to the TVs, but the TVs in our hotel are older, so they didn't have an HDMI hookup. Yeah, they were really old. They were just like everything that I came across that was a possibility either wasn't working out or got shut down. And so just naturally, minute by minute, I started getting really anxious. Yeah. So one of the, the pleasures of having jet lag and then not being able to sleep Saturday night <laughs> was that I just got on my phone and started looking for things that were happening in London. Right. What There's got to be some sort of screening. And naturally, as you would expect, the night before, they were all sold out. Okay. I found one three miles away at a place called Brixton Jam where they were projecting it onto the big screen right. and tickets were available. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Not bad. Not bad. No. So I texted a couple of people and said, like, hey, I knew Sean, and we'll get to this in a second. I knew Sean uh, couldn't go. I didn't get texted. That's not true. That's <laughs> Sean not actually true. said. That's not true. I don't want to watch it with you guys. He did. So many That's words. true. And, so many and words. For a reason. So, I mean, essentially. It's games fast fault. Fast forward to the end. It ended up being perhaps my favorite TV finale experience in the history of my life. And that we got there to this place, which was essentially a bar. And they were projecting. Yeah, what was the that? It was like it a was house, like a venue. right? No, it wasn't a house. It was but a it was bar. Like a, it, was, but it, it, it was a bar. It seems like where they have concerts. But it almost looked like a, a house concert venue. Bar. Like it looked like it was a really like street corner. The screen corner. looked yeah. small. It was interesting. It was okay. It, was, it wasn't it was, meant yeah, for screen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like a projected yeah. screen. So bigger than that? No, no, it's much bigger. Oh, it's yeah. huge. Okay, I'm saying like that wall size, the wall that I'm pointing at. But not like a movie screen. No, not a movie screen. Okay. Um, and we got there, and and. I mean, the doors open at 11.30 at midnight. They were going to start showing the previous episode. So yeah. we thought we'll get there between 11.30 and midnight. We should be fine, yeah. right? We literally – we get there, and the only thing that's available is the last row. There are over 140 people yes. there watching episode <laughs> yeah. five, which already aired. Yeah. Right. And it was hot, and it was hard to find a yeah. seat. And, and, of course, and naturally because <laughs> it's the previous episodes, yeah. people are talking. Sure. And you couldn't understand what anyone was saying. Right. And naturally, my yeah, anxiety your reaction? starts kicking in. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. What was your reaction when the only seats available were in the very back? The downside <laughs> is, is that we had another offer. Okay, here here is where I was oh, torn yeah. emotionally. Oh, That's right. We had another offer from a group of people to go watch For the a Mandarin quiet, Oriental. A quiet, a quiet oh. But I gathered these people together. Because that hotel what do you do? Atlantic. You've yeah. gathered these people together, right. but you have an offer for something better. But that offer ended up not panning out. Isn't that right? No, no, no. no that offer did. was still standing. But th- I thought they didn't watch it. No, the no, person no, no, no. that offered it to us did watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. The person okay. who asked us to come <laughs> did to watch. the oh. actual screening, uh, Sean just hit his elbow on the wood. so hard. Like uh, right on the funny bone, too. I know. It's the worst. Oh, my arm is going dead. Yeah. Um, and those are the ones that hit, like, they become more painful oh, as you wait. the worst. Uh, um, so basically, we had yes, we had an offer to watch it in a very quiet setting, and we could have gone. And Jake made the decision. And I said no because Jake I said, was I gathered, together. I said I sure. gathered these people together. That's not right of me to gather these people together. You were such a good together. person. You were such a good. Well, ironically, person. you don't know the best Deep part. Down. <laughs> okay, so we we had a group together in the last row. Yeah, I, and I said I'm not going to leave because I'm here with these people. Yeah, people in our group left us to go get individual seats better than ours. Oh, did they really? Yes. Oh, that's funny. There's a certain irony to like... Name names. Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, was, I was the Jon Snow where I was like, I won't do it. And then people just screwed me over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's what I'm saying. The final 15 right. minutes, yeah. it was like, like, it was like the, the stars and the moons aligned. 
They came and gave us these stadium seats so that we could see over everyone. Right. Yeah, the and guys in true are, yeah. Game of Thrones, you're there at 2 a.m. You're a fan fashion. Yeah. At 2 a.m., the finale started. We all sang the theme together. I saw the video. And then That's awesome. a hush. One guy said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and a hush fell over the crowd. Right. And it was the greatest finale viewing experience of my life. It really – because let's get to the show. The show was really good. It but, was fan – how could you not be – okay, I get – I get – not being fulfilled by the last season because of the rush. Sure. I do. I, I think that is a legitimate – as someone who loves the final season, yeah. I think that's a fair argument. The finale was not rushed. No. It, it was paced perfectly. Yes. It was written perfectly. It was directed perfectly. It has arguably the greatest shot of the show. It's directed beautifully. That's yes. the greatest shot of the show. Yes. It's the really, greatest shot like, of the show. When we all say that, we all know what we're talking about. Right? Oh, the well, shot where Daenerys. Can we talk spoilers? I mean, we can talk spoilers. No, it's Super Bowl. It's done. I posted a picture of myself with uh, with the guy that plays Bran. Yeah. With the caption, long may he reign. Right. And someone gave me flack. Like, dude, like you already posted. Like, dude, like, come on. Like, some of us no, haven't seen it. I said, yeah, no. Yeah. I said, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go against someone for posting the Super Bowl score. Right. This yeah. is as big as the Super Bowl. Right. I'm sorry. It's on you. And you we've been really nice to people who this weekend... Because this weekend has been yeah. really busy. Because we're all here and the time zone changes things. Yeah. So we've run into people who haven't watched it yet and we've danced around spoilers. But not for this. We're going to talk spoilers in this one. If you haven't seen, for whatever reason, you haven't seen the finale yet. Um, well, you just know who's, skip you ahead. Know who's king now. Yeah. Oddly enough. <laughs> well, no, you I, didn't say who. Oddly enough. This is the guy that plays Bran. Bran oh, is the king. Bran is the king. Damn it. I was trying to save you there. Oddly enough, we're in London, and this weekend alone, we interviewed Rob and Sansa Rob, Stark. Yeah. Yes. Randomly. And, and one of them was a great interview. Yeah, the other one was Rob. No, <laughs> 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 so, he did tell me he wished he had been in Battle of the Bastards, which I thought was kind of cool. No, he didn't say that. No. He said the most recent battle, because he didn't care. He didn't Wait, care. Wait, what did he say? He just this said... This is my interview. Wait, what are you He just said... Um, I would have liked to have been the, in the most recent battle. That looked like a lot of fun. He didn't oh. mention anything specifically. And then you said, I would like to see Robin battle the bastards. And he goes, yeah, that would have been fun. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. I was going to say genuinely doesn't. No, he doesn't actually, care. To your point, I actually saw an interview with someone asked him about Game of Thrones. And he said something about, like, you know I was killed in season three, right? Right, right, right. Like yeah. he, He's under the bodyguard now. Yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, the theme of this week's, uh, this whole weekend was you can't talk Game of Thrones with anybody who's no on joke. Game of Thrones. So we will talk about it amongst ourselves. Kevin, you have been a pretty vocal uh, complainer about this season. And I think rightfully so. But you also think the finale was satisfying. Yeah, so a couple things. One, Jake and I were at this viewing party. It was incredible. Honestly, it was, and, and, I, and we'll get yeah. to why Sean wasn't there. Yes. But. In Being there with, like, th honestly, part of the reason it was so special for me oh. was to watch something that meant a lot to me with someone that meant a lot yeah. to me. Yeah, now I feel and, and we had these commercials. And, and so in, in, uh, in London. Of, we had a lot, of, of, like, lot of leg grabbing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, which we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they have, in, in London, they show it with commercial breaks. And which was kind of cool. there were just these moments where, like, in the commercial breaks, we, like, looked at each other and we are just like, like. This is crazy. Look, this look is where crazy. we are. It's, it's 2.50 in the morning. Right. In London. In London. And, and just the Thrones crowd, morning. the experience, it was... Even it was, crazier... It was very special. I agree. And even crazier uh, was the cab ride home because we got into a cab around... The movie... The show ended around 3.35, 3.45. Yeah. We're in a cab at 4 in the morning uh, driving past Big Ben and the Tower of London after just have seen one of the biggest... 
finales in, in the history of television. It was very surreal. But the show itself, um, being but being there, I will say the commercial breaks in regards to what Jake was saying was interesting. It was almost like a it was like a little cliffhanger. It was perfect. They, 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 they timed perfect. it perfectly. Yeah. So it would be like a cliffhanger. Yeah. And then it would be the Game of Thrones logo where in the credits it shows the it says the words Games of Thrones. Yeah. Sure. That quick little Game of Thrones thing. Right. Right. And go to commercial. I've like, never seen all, Game of Thrones like that perfectly before. timed. But yeah. the episode was longer. Than normal, like it's not like they we, caught out no, anything. No, no, no. You know, yeah, and we made a point. Right. We told yeah. everyone stay off your phone because once we were forty minutes in, we recognized we're twenty minutes behind. Yeah. Their phone so, so, for example, but just like if you got on Twitter during a commercial break, yeah. so my like, wife off Twitter. My wife Lauren texted me, so I have my phone in my pocket. I didn't pull my phone out during the show at all. Yeah, just during breaks, I my phone buzzed about ten minutes prior to one of the commercial breaks. Right, and I and I was like, don't know. I wonder who that is. I don't know who that is. So the so the episode hits the scene right when my wife texted me was the scene where um, where John kills Daenerys. Okay. So I hadn't seen that yet. Right. She, oh. she didn't say what it was. Right. I didn't look at the text till after the commercial. Break. And, and, okay. I think but all it was Kevin was, props for a second. Kevin loves Lauren maybe more than anyone loves anyone on this planet. <laughs> and so for Kevin to go, I'm going to ignore my wife <laughs> yeah. for the next hour. It wasn't ignoring. Was, was it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't getting some text messages. <laughs> was perhaps the greatest accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Like it, that that shows how much he was like not just doing it just for himself, yeah. but for us as a group. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like like almost like everyone around the group. It's really I wanna say it's very hard to be ahead of everyone back home. Right. So so right? but, but what's interesting was I looked at my phone when the break happened and all my wife's text messages was was, was wow. Yeah. What if she ruined it for you? She didn't, no. But what did she have? But I had already seen him at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, she, was Shut up! she was referring to John killing Daenerys. Yeah, yeah. But I look back at the timestamp, like, that was a long time ago. I, right. I have a question for you. Because yes. our commercials, we were we were roughly 20 minutes behind the U.S. Sure. line yeah. showing. I have a question. In the direction that we're going as a society. Yes. With uh, streaming and apps and all of that. Yes. Is this the last great big finale that brings us together as a culture? I mean... It's like Endgame. I'll say no. And, and TV. I'll say no because who would have predicted that this show would have come around? That's fair. And so but, but I don't want to believe that there show, won't be... Uh, what would you say was the last one? Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad didn't have viewing. I don't party. even know like if it had this. I, had, I went to yeah, yeah. Lost was huge. Wasn't Lost huge? I mean, it was for me. It's, it's, I, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask that question to because that was monumental. This feels like the biggest that I've ever I got, seen I got, in my um, lifetime. Uh, uh, white chocolate and dark chocolate M&M's and then separated them. Spent maybe an hour separating them. Why? Because it was all about like the um, the white stones and the black stones at the end of uh, Lost. Oh, okay. Separated them into different bowls. For right. People. Really? an hour doing that, maybe. <laughs> you were super into Nothing it. Nothing made me happier than the guy that ran the island was named Jacob. We sat in a van with uh, Brandon Davis, who a friend of ours from Comic Book, who went down like so and many... And Brandon with us. Brandon, the, uh, Brandon is probably the only person I know who's a bigger Lost fan than I am. Well, so he was trying to compare Lost to Game of Thrones, and he went it, like really deep into. And I watched Lost when it when it aired live, and I didn't remember a lot of what he was referencing and trying to tell us about stuff that happened on Lost, talking about the constant and all the time travel bits, and all, like to the point where I I do feel like I could do a Lost rewatch. To your point, yes. I do want to give a, 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 a sort of a reasoning for why Sean wasn't there. Well, go ahead. Sean Get into it. Has Get into it. done something that's genuinely actually also meant a lot to me, which is one of the most impressive things I've seen uh, anyone do in a long time, which is not just 
binge the, the all of Game of Thrones to get ready for the final season. He then recorded these absolutely genuinely incredible, thoughtful, well-versed recaps of Game of Thrones. And if you didn't, one, they were an invaluable tool gearing up for the final season. But if you if you didn't watch them to gear up for the final season, I urge you to go back on Cinema Blend's YouTube page. And, and I'm not just shamelessly plugging them. They as honestly, much as I like that. As, but they honestly did a ton for me uh, gearing up. And, and I got to tell you, man, listening to your – like uh, watching you watch it for the first time. Right. You picked up on things that – I mean I think I've watched the show from beginning to end twice. Mm-hmm. You picked up on things that I never picked up on. No kidding. And not just your recaps, but then it's also uh, elevated – by you have these amazing editors who put these really fun <laughs> little comments in there. The best. And they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So credit to Sean. He has done this for every single episode of Game of Thrones. For six weeks. For it was six the past weeks. six weeks. We so did 70 plus episodes he's yeah. done this. And he had the chance. He was here with us in London. And he had the chance to come with us to this really cool Game of Thrones party. Yeah. And, we're, and we even encouraged him to borderline lie. Yeah. And just watch it with us and then redo it. Right. And to his credit, he said no. That's true. He said, I can't do that. He goes, I've done it this far. I think you said, like, I have to land this plane. I have to land this plane. And, and, that's and, the way and I the same way it. the Game of Thrones stuck to landing, <laughs> as did you. Yeah. Um, and, and I have to, I honestly, as much as I would have genuinely loved to have you there, so much respect for you for well, skipping out on what, you know what, because I, I know it probably bothered you to not come with us. Sure, of course. And the fact that you skipped out on that. To do to, to because you you knew you you built an audience up to this point and right. you didn't want to bail on them in the last minute. Well, I think is incredibly uh, impressive and says a lot about you as a person. And I, what the Gabe, Gabe also held Sean at knife point <laughs> and said, "If you don't, but but Gabe wouldn't have done it. We could you in theory, honestly, hypothetically, yeah. you could have done it and not even told Gabe." This is true, but but um, then uh, my reaction truly for the finale truly would not have been as pure. Because what I loved was I loved the finale. I loved the finale. I thought the finale was fantastic. Also, we haven't even talked about the finale yet. And and we will. We definitely will. But I was able to say after watching it, um, that's fantastic. That's everything I wanted from that the show. That made me really happy to hear you say yeah, that. Yeah, it's everything I wanted from the show. And, and then I even say at some point, like, I haven't even been online, so I don't know what the feedback is on this episode yet. I don't know what it – but if I had gone with you guys, I would have had a sense of how do people feel about this. You know, Our are, was are people – Yeah, we – Can I just say one of my pet peeves and, and a guy – I, I don't want to say I got into it on the street with, with a guy. Yeah. But a guy came out of the of our screening room and said, uh, eight years wasted. Oh, God. Which I said like – Come on. No. Like I said, what – like you, we, we were just given some of the greatest – History, like television. Granted, forget the finale or even the final season for that matter. Right. You're really going to argue that you wasted the eight, the <laughs> last eight years of your life because you didn't like the last ninety minutes. Right. Like right. that's that's like reading an amazing book and not like liking the last page. Like that. Like what, what? I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Also, just okay. So let's let's start getting into specifics of the finale, and then we're going to move on to to film. But 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 this is you guys have to understand, and I think a lot of people listening to the show. Uh, also like Game of Thrones and also appreciate storytelling from this perspective. But we're going to move on to movies uh, soon enough. What the hell was that's that? Sorry. That's, that's actually my Roblox notification. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Um, for Peter Dinklage alone. Emmy. The finale Emmy. is where he's. That's his Emmy. Brilliant. That's his Emmy he's brilliant. The way that the episode opens with him silently walking through the devastation in King's Landing. 
was the most emotional yes. way. No music. Nothing. And and for a, for a show that has such a perfect score. Yeah. No, you can argue about a lot of things. You cannot argue this argue the score of this show. Not at all. And so to allow him to to just bask in the mistake that he made in backing Danny, right? And then he goes off on his mission to find his siblings because only he knew where he sent them to and his reaction to finding them underneath the rubble. And just like, I thought previous to this, we had talked about the fact that I didn't think season eight had a lot of surprise moments, but there were several moments in this season where I didn't know what was going to happen next. When uh, Tyrion is behind Danny when she's giving her speech about how yes. we defeated them and they show the look on his face. And I thought in that moment, he could kill her right now because she wiped away his city and killed his, her sibling, you know, uh, killed his yeah. siblings. And um, just like I was on the edge of my seat with the plotting of that finale. And it, I think it speaks a lot to the show that yeah. it's still at the in the final step. I didn't know 100% where it was going to go. Yeah, I mean, like, this season specifically, I have not been a huge fan of. I mean, I, I you know, Jake and I have been at uh, argument uh, levels in regards to some of the episodes in this season, specifically The Long Night, which I still think is one of the worst episodes of the series, bottom five for but, me. But, okay, can I, can you said something to me, a quick sidebar. You said yeah. something earlier that I want to follow up and see if you actually sure. agree with this. You think that the Red Wedding episode is the worst episode of the show? No, 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 no. I said, okay, so that was misconstrued. I think the Red Wedding episode is the hardest episode for me to watch in the show. Okay. Sure, that's So uh, let me clarify. Not worth, no, no, Red Wedding is a good episode. Did I, did I mishear you or did you say that? I think I, I think I may have misspoke. Okay. Fair so enough. I'll clarify. Red Wedding is a great episode of television, but there was a reasoning when I first started watching the show when that episode hit, I did not like how extreme it went. Yeah. So there was a part of me that felt that Red Wedding was, um, it, it lost entertainment value and became more shock. Sure. Um, as I rewatched the episode, we got into a big text argument about the um, the lengths that show went and to when shock. And you say argument, I, I don't think I mean, it, it was ever really an discussion. argument. It's, it's yeah. a heated debate. But my, my argument about Red Wedding, I think it's a great episode from a storytelling standpoint. I think the show took a liberty to go more shocking and took away from itself being a story point versus let's just shock the audience sure. and make them react. Mm-hmm. So Red Wedding, um, no, it's not one of the worst episodes of the show. I think it's a very good episode of the show. I just find that the extremities they went to in that episode, mm-hmm. in my opinion, were not for story. They were for shock. Do you know who else stopped caring after the Red Wedding who? episode? Richard Madden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just really now, stopped I, caring. I will say this, though. I mean, like, that was that was part <laughs> of the reason. To be fair, he answered questions about Game of Thrones with the same enthusiasm that they answered questions about Rocket Man. So he either stopped caring about Rock about Game of Thrones or he never cared about Rocket Man. But he gave us the same level of excitement yeah. for both. Fair enough. So Fair but enough. to clarify and though, that's your future bond, maybe ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that'd be a problem. To clarify, I think Red Wedding is a solid episode. I mean no question. But also that's that's George. Yeah. I mean Red Wedding listen, oh, Red yeah. Wedding story. Also George has spoken out about the finale. Oh what are you saying? I don't, I'm sorry, I don't want to... No, go ahead, go ahead. He essentially just said, look, like... It's crap. He, no, he, he just said, <laughs> people have been asking me if that's how my books are going like, to end. Sure. And he said, is it how it's going to end? He goes, yes and no. And yes and no. Oh. And yes and no. And I think the point that he makes is, look, there are a lot of things in my books that weren't even brought up yeah. in the show. Okay. So in that sense, 
there's a lot of things that are going to be in the finale of the books that weren't in there. Do you read the books? I read the first book before the first season aired. Right. And the first book and the first season are almost word for word. Okay. And when the season aired and I knew everything that was going to happen, including Ned Stark's death, I had to make the decision before season two. Do I want to be surprised by the books or right. do I want to be surprised by the show? And I made the decision to be surprised by the show. Okay. Now that I've seen the show, I want to go back. I'm going to start at book two right. and then read through. Because, I mean, like you know that, that uh, Catelyn Stark comes back. I've heard that. Right? Yeah. Like, like, like that's something I want to read about. Yeah, yeah, And especially, I mean, and he promised. It, this is the first time I feel like he's genuinely acknowledged it. He goes, look, I know. This is what he said in the statement. I know I've been wait. I know I've been pushing back these books a long time, but they are coming. Okay. So there's been a lot of debate as to whether or not he was even going to finish them. Right. Right. He says they are. Right. Or he says I'm sorry. He says he is. Um, so I I think I'm going to start with book two and then get the full experience. And then he said, "Is there going to be a definitive answer?" He goes, "No." He goes, "Watch the show, read the books." And he goes, "And then you decide." He goes, "Essentially, he said, I really don't care. Like you decide what you want." Sure. Sure. But I but. Didn't they? Didn't I read somewhere? Did you guys ever read this? That he sat down with D and D, yeah, and told them what the basic ending was going I to be. So. I read that. I yeah. thought so. Which, like, I can't feel. I, I feel like they. So does George R. R. Martin's story end with Bran as the king? Yes, and more importantly, I, so. I feel okay. like they would so. never do that to Daenerys without his permission. Yeah, right. Exactly. And may okay, you can argue maybe they didn't <clears throat> handle it as well as they should have, but. They, he it's not like John will be the king, but right. It's right. funny if you look at but the, will he, but will he change it now though? I don't think so. I don't no. think he will. I don't think he will. I, it's funny because if you look if you look at the tweet I sent out right after the episode ended, it's very 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 oxymoron esque, meaning that like I say season eight is one of the worst seasons of the series, but I absolutely love the finale. Right. So well, okay, I, does that make you feel better about the show as a whole? Hundred percent. Oh no, okay. no, no, no. Let me ask you this question: yeah, yeah. Would you rather love season eight and hate the finale, or hate season eight and love the finale? The 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 latter. The latter. Okay. So, okay. So, so I, I would too. My would okay. Too. Yeah. My overall Game of Thrones experience yeah. was satisfactory after the finale. So not, yeah. not a top five for show for you. No, 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 no. Is really? It top five for you? Top five? It's it's, it's, it's a huge accomplishment. Episode season two is awful. It's a huge accomplishment. Awful. Season two is awful. Season two is so bad. No, Sean, I like two. You did not love a lot okay, of the show. Let, I didn't let, like let five. me just say there is no awful season of Game of Thrones. Well, there's awful five episodes. Five like, is there's, bad. There's, episode there's eight. moments in five that are bad. Five is bad. There is, five but is in boring. the same way that there are moments in season three of Lost that are bad. Yeah. But there is no awful Game season. of Thrones is a not bad top five. Game top of Thrones five? season. A bad Game of Thrones season is better than just about any other show on television. I have to agree with that. The characters are so original and colorful First and all, memorable. Sean, prior to the finale, you were in a negative state about Game of Thrones. Did you say like the final season season? eight? Season eight. No, you were like you like we would discuss the I show was not delivered. Sean, say it's, say it's top five. I think it's five. I think it's top five. I have to I'd have to sort Jake of think. Jake is better than Breaking Bad, and it's no, it's not. not. No, it's, it's not. It's nowhere near Breaking Bad. It's not. Here goes Jake's question. I think Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones is the greatest uh, accomplishment no, in the history of television. You're, you're sidetracking the question. What is the better show? I, you know, I think Game of Thrones is a better show than Breaking well, Bad. Tell me why Game of Thrones. Do you think it's better than Lost? Do you think Lost is number one? I think Lost is number one. Jake, I want you to make an argument to me right now on this microphone. Why Game of Thrones is a better show overall. Breaking Bad is... Breaking... No, I get it. Breaking Bad is a really well-hit, beautiful run triple 
Game of Thrones is a really sloppy, ugly home run. Okay, but wait. What, so, what are the other mo- What are the other shows? Then? In my on my top five, or you, both of you, both of you. Friday Night Lights. Okay. Side generally. Okay, for me, The Office. Okay. I generally love The Office. Okay. Um, The Americans. Really? Uh, the yeah. Americans. The Americans. Okay. Oh, did you? Did you? I didn't watch it. I started. You don't watching. get to say I it with that tone. Watching it. I started watching it. You don't get to say it with it. You don't no, get to consider one of the great things. I need you no, no. to tell me the why. Leftovers. Okay. I need you okay. to tell me. How and why? Game of Thrones is better than Breaking Bad. He just did. No, he didn't. He just said sloppy home run and third and, he, and he triple baseball. Okay, no, no, I did. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. No, you're, no, a sloppy home run. I care though. more about a secondary character in in Game of Thrones than I ever cared about Walter White. Oh, that's insane to me. I don't understand that. I do. What? Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad is perfect. It's, it's Sean. And I, okay, agree okay. I agree with this. Okay, let me, let me say this. My, you can sum boy. up Breaking Bad in one sentence. You cannot sum up Game of Thrones. But you're, you're, you're talking about complicated. You're, 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 using, you're, you're using the complication and the longevity of the show and the yeah. characters and, the, and, and how complicated it is to argue that it's better than Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was simple, yet it kept everything together. Every I'm episode talking, of I, Breaking I, Bad okay. is perfect. I, it's, it's how I feel. This is a movie podcast. But I, really, I do want to get to a point eventually on the show I want Jake to write a paper. Yeah. To me. A thesis. A thesis. Okay. And I want you to break. <laughs> it's part of thesis. And I'll do it. I'll do, it. Okay. I'll, I'll do the same for you. Only if you and I can write a thesis about why Infinity War is better than Endgame. Infinity no! Infinity War is better than Endgame. I have I lost this podcast. Infinity War is better than Endgame. Do you see my hat? Do you see my hat right now? Wait, wait is it being thrown off? I'm wearing my Endgame. Throw it off. No, it's not. I'm, the Endgame is better than Infinity War. Jake, all right, so a couple things, and now I know we're going to wrap up. Yes. Game of Thrones, season finale, yes. or series finale. Phenomenal. Great. I loved it. Great. It, the episode breathed. Uh, it gave me closure with a lot of characters. I was very happy with the way John and Daenerys, that sequence ended up. I was very happy. It's funny because prior to the episode, I would not have been happy with the idea of Bran taking over, but the way the show... Doesn't it make sense? It makes sense. So the way the show was written and the way that scene they went broke down, the wheel. I understood it. They broke so the wheel. So Bran, to me, was the right choice based on the situation that they were in. Um, Quick note, there's an amazing Variety article, if you get the chance to read it. It compares Game of Thrones to Lord of the Rings. And this article came out maybe three or four weeks ago. I believe it's Friday. And they essentially, they called this. They said if you compare, like, because George R. R. Martin always loved the ending of Lord of the Rings. They said if you compare a character to character, they said that uh, Jon Snow is Frodo and goes off and does mm-hmm. his own thing. Yeah. And they said Bran is Aragorn and ends up on the throne. Yeah. And it was a perfect comparison. And they almost 100% called it. Yeah. And listen, the Game of Thrones finale restored my satisfaction in the overarching element of the show. I found myself to be satisfied with the eight or nine years that we've, I guess, people have spent now at the show. Um, and so I find the finale satisfactory. Season eight as a whole, though, is a disaster. That long night episode is one of the worst episodes of television in the history of television. It's awful. It's awful. All right. Let's move on to the movies of why we're here in London for We can review... Rocket Man, right? We can talk yeah. openly about Rocket Man. We yeah. cannot talk openly about Dark Phoenix. Correct. We signed, actually signed, like very strict right. embargoes about. So we can't talk about Dark Phoenix until June fifth. Correct. Okay. Um, so let's get into Rocket Man. Uh, Rocket Man. I, the, the the point that I want to emphasize about Rocket Man is that um, it is not Bohemian Rhapsody. It is it is a full Better. blown. It's what I wish Bohemian Rhapsody was. But I don't know if Bohemian Rhapsody, like Rocketman, my point I was going to say. in terms of quality. Yes, for sure. It's, it's a better movie. Yes. But it is a full-blown musical it, that uses the songs of Elton John to power yes. the story forward. It is a proper musical. 
Like, well, Bohemian they, Rhapsody no, didn't do that. This is a like a jukebox jukebox musical. Yes, yes, it's like a fantasy retelling of Elton John's life, and it uses the frame story of him in rehab, which also makes him an unreliable narrator and they lean into the fact that he kind of embellishes each of these stories yes. mm-hmm. from his past. But I cannot tell you guys with enough emphasis how good Taron Egerton is in this movie. <laughs> to be fair, there are fantasy sequences where our character flies up in the air. Right. And there's more truth to Rocket Man than there is Bohemian. <laughs> is, having read a, having true. read books yes. about Queen before interviewing the cast of Bohemian Rhapsody, yes. there's about as much truth to both. But I love Bohemian Rhapsody. Man. I know no, you I do. I love that movie. But you all have to it. recognize that it's not a true story. Wait, oh, 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 so wait, let me ask. Oh, don't, don't go down the Argo. No, no, it's no, not no, true. No, no, okay, that's fine. Okay, wait, stop, 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 stop. Stop. Yes, we can. No, we can't. Do you like, as someone who likes Bohemian Rhapsody a lot, more, more than Jake and I do, do you like Rocket Man more? Ooh, good question. Uh, I think Rocket Man is an extraordinary film. Okay. No, now you're doing the Game of Thrones thing for me. I think I think Bohemian Rhapsody is a better movie. Oh really? no! I do. Do you no, really? I definitely do. That's no, I think Rocket we Man. We haven't discussed this at all. I think we Rocket haven't. Man is that, that was a genuine yeah. reaction. I, I love. No, you can't think it's. It's better. not a better movie. I, it is. No, it's a better film. No, no. Rocket Man's great. It, no, I love Rocket Man. Yes. You see both. I. I <laughs> Have you seen Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad? I have. Are you sure? <laughs> Promise. Sean, are you sure he's seen both? I'm not sure. I'm because not 100% sure. No, Pick a side, O'Connell. I'm on both sides. Yeah. Pick a side. I was Scott. Call back to a former I actually, here's the thing. At this point, I knowing I love Jake more than anything, I think Jake's doing a bit about Game of Thrones. I'm not in the Breaking Bad. He might. I think it's like a bit, like he's keeping Why it. Why do you bit as he's doing about Last Jedi? Why did you like Bohemian Rhapsody more than Rocketman? Right, let me clarify two things here. Yeah. I loved Rocketman. It's great. Love, I loved it. I absolutely love Rocketman. I think Edgerton's amazing. The live singing is amazing. The cinematography is amazing. The long continuous tracking shots are amazing. Jamie Bell delivers the best performance of his career as Bernie. Uh, everyone is great. Yeah. Richard Madden, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, my biggest problem with Rocket Man is, and I, and I grew up on Broadway musicals. I love musicals. Um, there was just too many moments, in my opinion, when we we're in a dramatic sequence, where I just didn't feel like breaking out into song, literally breaking out into song, right. was necessary. And but but here's the thing. But that's a musical. Hold on. Bohemian Rhapsody used its music as. Reality, meaning it was concert footage. I, they're two different movies, two completely different. They are genres. different. They movies. didn't use the truth as reality. Fair no, enough. Okay. <laughs> so Jake talks about truth. Yes, I understand that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody definitely took liberties in regards to telling the story. But to me, Bohemian Rhapsody is more about the celebration of Queen's music rather than a story specifically about Freddie Mercury. Mm. Rocket Man is very Elton John. It's R-rated. There's drugs, there's sex. I mean, it is a very hardcore film that does not shy away from showing Elton John at his lowest point. Right. And to me, that's a that's why I love Dexter Fletcher, the filmmaker, who, by the way, was the filmmaker who actually finished Bohemian Rhapsody after Singer who was did fired. Who I want to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And what's fascinating to me is Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman are two completely different films. They're two completely different dramas or, or genres. Um, Rocket Man is a straight up musical. It really is. I mean, like you're talking about people breaking out into song 
during the middle of dialogue. Yeah. Um, and I have no problem with that. Some of my favorite movies of all time are Moulin Rouge, Sweeney Todd. I love a great musical. Sing Street? Sing Street. I love Sing, Sing Street. Street. There were right. just times in this film where I felt the singing was out of place in regards to the dramatic moment that we were in. That being said, I love Rocket Man. Bohemian Rhapsody, to me, was used music in a way where it was all natural. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between a musical and a movie about music. Right, completely different. And uh, this is not a mu- this is not a movie about music. This is a, this I is think it's both. It's, it's both. a musical. It's a musical. About music. I think the Moulin Rouge comparison is pretty yeah. apt. It's just yeah. it's just every song is an Elton John song. Yeah. But every single time Moulin Rouge broke into song, I was okay with it. Right. There were two or three moments in this film. What's interesting, I feel, I feel like about what's interesting about Rocket Man is it made. I'm a big Elton John fan. Actually, a bigger Elton John fan than I am a Queen fan. See, I'm and more of a Queen I, fan than an Elton John. And maybe that's a big thing. I, love Elton John. I, I have heard you know a lot of his songs a, th- a thousand times, and for the first time, I heard them differently because yes. it was put in the context of a moment. Yes. Like a moment in his life happened, he cuts to this song, and I go, "Ooh, I never thought about it in that context." But I want to clarify: I love Rocket. No, 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 sure, sure, sure. We're talking, yeah, no, no, we're we're talking about we're talking about like a five versus a four point five, whatever. We're, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not no matter. And, and that's a lot of things we but do on this podcast. My point yes. being, though, is that like this is going to be inevitably compared to. Bohemian Rhapsody. And it shouldn't be. I personally prefer Bohemian Rhapsody because I thought, I just thought the overarching idea and the live recreation were brilliant. I want to build off of the point that Jake made about um, hearing Elton's songs in a different way. And again, not a spoiler, but the sequence of uh, the construction of your song. Your song. And that was the song that at the junket the other day, <laughs> they all kept talking about. One of the things I asked a couple of the cast members was, what is the song that you hear differently? Yeah. And they all, each and every single one of them said your song. Well, I don't know if this is blasphemy, but I like the movie version. <laughs> more than, more than oh, the original I song. Love, I do love your song. Oh, I know. It's a yeah, yeah, tremendous yeah, yeah, song. Yeah. That's like me. And I actually like Alien Ant Farm's cover of Smooth Criminal oh, it's more really, than Michael Jackson. That is also really Well, good. that kid dancing on the sidewalk is pretty cool. But it's also really here's good. the thing. Rocket Man is fascinating. And it's definitely worth seeing. It's a phenomenal film yes. from an execution standpoint. Um, the long continuous tracking shot during Saturday night is one of my favorite That was shots. when you and I. So, so yeah. Sean, Kevin, and I were, were sitting together at the yes. screening. And it, I believe it was during Saturday Night, which yes. is the first time that you see Taryn yes. um, in the part. And Sean and I looked at each other. I think we both said, and I'm sorry we already haven't eaten this. Go part. ahead. We looked at it and we went, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, because we thought you it. go into any of these movies with a hope that they're going to be like just great, like truly great, just, transcendental. Yeah. And, and in that moment, you turned, we turned to each other at the exact same time. We were like... This is it. This the is the it. movie's doing yeah. it. The yeah. only that was argument great. I want to give against uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody is that I feel Bohemian Rhapsody was unfairly criticized for the artistic liberties it, t- it took because of how big of a deal Queen is. But you know, that's people, not, that, you know that's my, people not my don't not truly realize that every movie that you find to be a based on a true story takes the no. biggest liberties you could ever imagine. Yet nobody cares about it, but for some reason Queen was so big that people just really railed and, and on. You're to right. It. In the sense that it's I not like fair. I, I like Braveheart, but Braveheart's nowhere near the true story. True story. Fair enough. Why do you give that one a pass? Fair But but why do we give Greatest Showman a pass? Because I think I think that Braveheart is an incredibly well-made movie. I do not think Bohemian Rhapsody is a well-made movie. But your criticism about Bohemian Rhapsody are how far that's that's the biggest thing. That's my biggest pet peeve. But I also don't think that it's a well-made movie. 
I do not think Bohemian Rhapsody is a well-made movie. To we, sum this the all fact up, that it won Best Editing is... To uh, sum this all up, we all love Rocket Man. Yeah. I love Bohemian Rhapsody. I think they're both great movies. I'm just giving you my my nitty gritty of what I think why I think Bohemian's my, my and, and granted, I, part honestly, you have no idea how much I wish I hadn't read that book about Queen before yeah. we did the junket. You we, have no idea how much I wish, I wish I hadn't read that book. We cannot review Dark Phoenix. We can't speak in any detail about the film, but we can talk about the junket. Um, we got to sit down with Sophie Turner and Jessica Chastain paired in a room. Uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender paired an in a room. room. One, of my, one of my most favorite rooms in a while, McAvoy and Fassbender. Which, really? Which we've, which we've gotten them together paired for other Well, elaborate. Why? Why did you like them so much this Because time? they love each other so much. Yeah, yeah. And, and here, here's what I say. And I, I always think about this, and, I, and maybe it's a, um, a very vain comparison. But I genuinely think, let, let's say hypothetically the three of us were, were actors, yeah. right? I think we would be an amazing junket room. Okay. Because I think the three of us love each other so much. Yeah. And we, I think we would just be so much fun. Yeah. And they genuinely, <laughs> the two, Fassbender and McAvoy, have such an affinity for each other. They such do. a respect for each they other. They really do. Yeah. That really, if you go, one of my, my, my leadoff question was, Eric and Charles, Professor X and Magneto, have changed so much over the course of nine years. In what way has the person next to you changed the most? Okay. And they looked at each other, and you could just just the look that they had at each other was just sort of like a yeah oh. <laughs> and honestly, like imagine someone asking us that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, 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 you could tell they were just genuinely friends, and it, it, there's an element of just if you're as the three of us, I would argue are mm. a good reporter. You recognize like in, don't interview two people, interview the friendship. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that's what we got. But they are rare. Those two together yes, are rare because yeah. we see them every couple of years. Normally we get a pairing and we go, oh, I wish they were split. Yeah. And that's one pairing where I go, ooh, thank you for pairing those two mm-hmm. because they make each other better. But they've been paired for a couple of times. Oh, they, I, I did for the first class junket. They yeah. were paired at first the class. Days of Future Pass. Did, yeah. did you guys – so one of the things I, I found interesting in my research about uh, Michael Fassbender was learning about his favorite um, – uh, <laughs> Pop R and B artist. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> did you guys hear about this? No, I didn't. I did uh, not. So, so hear about this. Apparently, Michael is a huge NSYNC fan. Right. Oh, that makes sense. And he yeah. loves Lance Michael Bassbender. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. That's really good. Thank you. That's really good. He can't. <laughs> He's not at least smirking. He's laughing. He's smirking and shaking his head. No. Kevin, what was your favorite room today? Uh, that room. Was that amazing. room. Oh, yeah, okay. Nice. Fast Bender McAvoy was great. Wait, what was your room? Mine was Kinberg um, oh, okay. because I got I to speak to openly about about the franchise. Yeah. But go ahead, keep going. No, no, no. It was just a good room because I I, was, I got to geek out a little bit about um, uh, asking them. Uh, <laughs> it was funny because like Fastbender and McAvoy talked about dropping themselves into an Avengers fight scene. Oh, nice. And how they would interact in a bar scene, which was kind of funny. So, like, Fastbender was joking about, like, tickling the Hulk and making him mad. It was, yeah. it was just cool to hear him talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, but let me ask about about each of them, because especially that room in particular. I, I have felt I've interviewed them together um, a couple of times. They do not suffer fools. Like, if you give them a question that is not up to their snuff, they'll let you know. Have you, have you guys encountered that from them at all? You mean together or... Together, I mean, no. I, together, and but what I uh, the point the point well, okay, I, but by the, and not to like pat ourselves on the back, but yeah. I would make the argument that the three of us in this podcast are not going to ask those questions. Well, maybe I did once or twice because once or twice at least, but more no, okay. so. I, I know the story you're about to tell, and I think there's a difference. 
Tell, Maybe. tell your story and let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay, here's what happens when I've interviewed those two before. I will go in with a question that is very clearly aimed at both of them for them to answer. And in each of the case so far, this is three times now so far, James McAvoy has taken the lead and has given a fantastic answer to the question that I very clearly structured for both of them to be able to answer. And then there'll be a, a moment of silence and I'll wait for Michael Fassbender to answer the question also and he doesn't. And I'll say, um, and, and, and you? And he'll say, oh, I just, I thought his answer was terrific, was, was great. And in the, in the past, I've, that's tripped me up enough that I've then gone on to my next one. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you didn't want to answer that one. But this day in particular, and it wasn't until he did it that I was like, oh, right, that's what you do it to me every single time. You default to McAvoy's answer. And then I was said to him, I said, right, yes, no, I know. His answer was great, but I would really love to hear your take on this also. And then he did give me a phenomenal answer. And I was kind of like, why are you sitting on that answer? When there's so many ways that you can sort of BS me and give me the cliched canned answer that you have, but, I well, know he's thoughtful. Is he because they're friends? And imagine, you know, like, you know, imagine... You and and Kevin were paired. Sure. And I asked the two of you a question, and Kevin gives an amazing answer. Yeah. And I'd imagine as just a human being, there's a person yeah. that goes, I don't want to follow that. Yeah. Like, fair. I, you know, fair. And, I, and, fair. I, and, and then I might go, no, please, I'd like to get your, your take as well. And yeah, you yeah, might yeah. have an awesome answer. Right. But as a friend, you probably wouldn't want to well, follow. And it's interesting in to a, me. In a, in a, in a, um, they're thinking about time also, yes. right? Like, yeah. I don't want to also chew to up. you. Yeah. Get to another question yeah. because you might you might have five to get through and we don't have time to yeah. do that. I mean, we do a lot of these interviews and Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, those two together is a like a gem of an interview. It is. Um, it really is. Uh, and walking into that room today, it was like, because it reminded me the last time I spoke to them together was probably Days of Future Past probably. together. Right. Um, and so James McAvoy was, uh, was wondering what that interview was. And I said, you know, last time I talked to you, you know, some, one of them said, wasn't it Apocalypse? I said, no, 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 no. I, we didn't get Fassbender for Apocalypse that I remember. I said, James, you were paired with Jennifer Lawrence. So then I said, what's your favorite Jennifer Lawrence movie? Did you guys hear about what, what James McAvoy's favorite Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> oh, movie is? Wait, are you, are you lying? The, are you this part, <laughs> I have now switched into a pun joke. Just for the heads up. So Wait, every, hold on, hold on. I'm, yeah. I'm going to guess this uh, one. Prior to the moment, so someone in the room did say the last time we spoke was... Uh, was uh, Apocalypse. Right. I then corrected them and said Fassbender wasn't there. James, you were Did you say with McAvoy's favorite? Right. Jennifer Lawrence. So now, now we are... Oh, I now, know it! Now we are, the, now, now we are past the, the nonfiction into the pun world where I'm now asking I'm gonna, James McAvoy's favorite Jennifer Lawrence. I'm going to whisper it into the microphone. <laughs> it's James McAvoy. Yes! Yes! That was perfect! Beautiful. Mac and Joy. James Mac and Joy. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that part's not Let's that discuss, because I think it's fair to discuss, and I think people on this podcast are interested to know this. We were not allowed to talk Game of Thrones with Sophie Turner. Um, and I think that we can, we can say this. Yeah, I think this is fair. We're not going to get in any kind of trouble for this. Um, but we don't know whether it was her or her publicist or who, or, or maybe she just didn't want to be inundated with Game of Thrones questions for the entire day. Um, I mean, so, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like we know the answer, which is that she didn't want to talk about it all day. Right. And also, she's paired with Jessica Chastain, so she didn't want to disrespect Jessica Chastain. Yes. So, rather than 
do something which is honestly quite nearly impossible, which is pick and choose who could ask Game of Thrones questions. Sure. He just did, gave me a blanket, like, you know what, just no Game of Thrones questions. But I kind of want to just put that out there, excuse me, not to slag anybody at all, but to let you guys know, because you guys are, I think, very interested in the junket process. Yes. Um, and the things that we run into on a, on a uh, week-to-week basis that coming out of what we spent 45 minutes talking about, <laughs> one of the biggest finales of all time, and and getting a star yeah. of that show. It would be like getting um, Elaine from Seinfeld the day after the Seinfeld finale and having <laughs> her go, you're, that, I'm not that even is, talking about the Seinfeld That is finale. not far off. Yeah. That is a really, that's a yeah. fair comparison. A major player in a huge Finale. Did you guys hear about Jessica? Oh, for fuck's sake, man! <laughs> Did you hear about Jessica Chastain's favorite Christian Slater movie? No one has a favorite Christian Slater movie. <laughs> Jessica, no. hard. Wait. No. Oh, <laughs> walk away. Walk away, sir. You say, walk away. I was gonna say Jessica. Chast hard rain. Remember that? It wasn't even because no. we just hard want rain. the money. He's not Morgan in Freeman? that movie. The hard rain. No, Christian Slater's in hard rain. Yes. He's, he, when he's riding the the jet skis with the school with hard Morgan rain. Freeman. And Morgan Freeman goes, "We just want the money." I don't know what you the, guys are talking the about. The hard rain, where it just rains all the time, and they try to they try to. I thought that was a Michael Douglas movie. Who are Hold you? Hold on, let me look at hard rain. But the joke is supposed to be Jessica no, hard Chast rain. hard rain. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, yeah, rain rains was, and they, they yeah, run the jet skis through the school. Oh, all right. And Morgan Freeman's in it. This and week he goes, we just want the money. In movies. Tell me if that quote's not uh, like just out of my head. Yeah, Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Yes. That we that just part. want the money. There are t- three major movies opening. Um, and unfortunately, we have not t- seen... Hold on, I'm going to this. There we go. I want to know how long we've been This is going to be a really fun podcast for Gabe to edit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of editing has to happen uh, here. To be fair, we, like, when we're all together, it's a special episode. We did yeah. say, we prepare for tangents. Um, there are three big movies opening in theaters this week, and we've only seen one of the three, and two <laughs> of them. film critics. Two of them. We've seen one no, of the three. No, no, no. To be fair, we've been traveling and, and seeing these movies two that are coming. Two of the three are... In L.A. while we're in London. Junketing in L.A., yes. of course. And um, one of them, in particular, I don't necessarily want to see. Wait, and that's Aladdin. That's Disney's you Aladdin. Have to, no, I know. I know. And, and in fact, the reaction I, I, has I been like, pretty good. But here's the deal. It's been pretty good based on you think it's going to be horrible. Right. It's slightly better than horrible. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. reaction that I've heard. And some people say that Will Smith is actually really good in it. So Then might I make the argument yeah. that the marketing has done a really horrible job. That's fair. Because... If he is in fact good in the movie, yes. they've gone out of their way to pick the absolute worst things they could possibly show. Yes, very true. In which case I go like, <laughs> well done. <laughs> like you have a good performance and you purposefully picked the worst parts right. and this to is show us. Disney who should know what they're doing. This is not, you know, a tiny studio isn't quite aware of what's going on. You guys didn't happen to hear about Rob, oh, Stark's, <laughs> Rob Stark's favorite Guy Ritchie movie, did you? Uh, Hold on. Um, oh. Rob Stark's Richie <laughs> 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 movie. Richard a Madden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was good. Uh, Kevin, if you have the chance, okay, so you have to go out of your way to see both Aladdin and Brightburn when you get home. I'm seeing Aladdin on Thursday. Okay. Yep. And Brightburn, I'll probably see over the weekend. Oh, yeah. really? Really? I would think you would pick Brightburn first. I have to see Aladdin. It's a bigger movie. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but you're more interested in Brightburn. I personally, if if I, if I was a 
if I wasn't a film critic, sure. I'd probably go see Brightburn, but okay. Aladdin is the bigger film of the weekend in regards to sure. just sheer scope of... Yeah. of That's um, fair. But to me, Brightburn looks amazing. All right, let's talk about Booksmart then. Booksmart is opening this week in theaters. Uh, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, uh, what I like to call it is... Um, a little more emotional, a little more sensitive version of Superbad. Is that too far off? No. I mean, they feel like they're in the same no. camp. Um, I mean, I think it's easily comparable because you think about Jonah Hill, his sisters in the film, Beanie Feldstein. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's about two students in high school who go off on a night of party. Yeah. It's very, in that regard, similar. Um, but this is more about two students who were didn't live their high school lives. They were just very keen on trying to stay in the books, get the best grades possible, and deal with the idea that it'll pay off for us. And then they realize that people who were partying were also going to the best colleges and did they waste their time. Right. Um, so that leads into this crazy night. You know, you have a great performance from um, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, who I thought was incredible. Oh, really? Uh, really yeah, learned. I mean, her performance is amazing. Uh, it, it's great. I mean, the whole cast. Is it Kathleen... Uh, Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin Deaver. Who's amazing. And Beanie uh, Feldstein. Uh, Sudeikis shows up. Sudeikis is great. Olivia Wilde directed it. Sudeikis has some big moments. Yeah, I love great Booksmart. Moments. Booksmart is probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Yeah, it's crappier. Huh? It's crappier? This year is Have you crap. seen Us? This year is crap. Did you see Endgame? Oh. There's nothing I've seen so far this year that will be on my top ten. What? What? Are you kidding me? Oh, I didn't mean it. This is also the same guy. Wow. Bad is not as good as Game of Thrones. Came in and dropped a bomb. Nothing. Nothing I've seen so far this year. I'm touching my Endgame hat. Nothing. Remember, Game of Thrones. Endgame will not make your top ten. Remember, this is the guy who said Breaking Bad is not as good as Game of Thrones. Rocket Man won't make your top ten. Remember, we'll see. Remember. Here's what I'll say: If Rocket Man and I love Rocket Man, if Rocket Man makes my top ten, it's a crap year. Endgame will not make your top ten. Without question, no. You're an asshole. <laughs> did you at least? We already have the. Did you at least hear <laughs> about? Did you at least hear about Taron Edgerton's <laughs> favorite character in Mallrats? Jake's <laughs> laughing. No, what is it? Rocky no. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're, just, you're, just, you're not even trying anymore. All right. This week's blend game. We're going to recommend that you go to Booksmart. Do you have anything to add for yeah, Booksmart? You know what's funny is that I feel like they're actually – so we had uh, the two leads on, on live on our show in Chicago. Yes. And obviously one of the they leads – They are is, going everywhere to do press. Fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And obviously – I'm forgetting I'm forgetting, forgetting the names. Beanie Feldstein. Is and Caitlin Deaver. The sister of Jonah uh, Hill. John Hill, yes. So I made the natural comparison to Superbad. Yeah. And they seem to be shying away from that, which I feel like is a very fair comparison. Uh, it's fair, but I could also see why they wouldn't want to just be called like – I get super it. bad with girls. No, but that being said, it's it's super bad. With girls. It's super bad. With girls. <laughs> it really is. I, yeah. I get why they wouldn't want to be called that. Sure, but it's. Super bad. I think it has more heart, which is better than I think. Booksmart's better. You think Booksmart's better than Superbad? Yeah, no. I I don't like super. I don't. I love think Superbad is a timeless comedy. No, no, no. I don't love Superbad. I think Superbad overdoses on the Seth Rogen type no. of dick humor. I think Superbad is one of the top ten comedies of the last twenty years. <sighs> I can't go that far, Kevin. Superbad is better. funny. What's better? Uh, Booksmart or Superbad? Yeah. yeah. This is a really good question. Uh, good I question. mean, I think it's a fair question. Yeah. I feel like the, 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 the people of Booksmart don't want to be asked. Booksmart's really funny. 
I think Super Rad is. I have to think about that one. They're both funny. Okay, like like gun to your head right now. Super (laughs) Rad. Hot damn! You don't win a contest. It's not like you won something. You know what? Hey, right now he's with me on Super Rad and Infinity War. I can't believe so Endgame's not going to be I love Endgame, It's not going to be in your top ten. All right. Uh, this not, week's Blend Game. Well, we all recommend Booksmart, though. Yes. I, oh, absolutely. Hey, yeah. no. By no means am I saying don't see, but, like, absolutely. I mean, it's not going to make your top ten, because clearly it's not I've good enough. I've seen nothing this year. This, would then make you should see more movies, sir. Really? Maybe you should get out and see more movies. Really? Maybe the film industry should make some better movies. That, there we go. Mind you. There we go. But, uh, well, you're only saying that because uh, you can't talk about Dar Phoenix yet. Because you're under embargo. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only. Okay, we're saying wrap up. That's too close. Okay, this week's Blend Game. There we go. We are celebrating Wait, are the films the of... Episode? We are. We're getting dangerous. No, you close. said two hours. Well, we're into about an, an hour 20, I want to say. So we have 40 minutes left to we're talk about Guy Ritchie Blend. Uh, we are into uh, Guy Ritchie films, and it's part of it because of Aladdin. And, uh, of course, none of the three of us have seen Aladdin at this point. Uh, so we're going to talk about other Guy Ritchie, Ritchie films. Um, Gabe has not put in an order, uh, so I'm going to let Jake go first. Jake, you get to go first with your pick for Guy Ritchie Blend. So with directors, there are so often there, – there are so few times where you can pick a director and go – that person has a like that is a that is a that person movie. Oh sure, but Guy Ritchie has a like that is a Guy Ritchie movie. 100%. Even when he doesn't make a Guy Ritchie movie, yes. he has moments where I go, "That's a guy." Like even in the Aladdin trailer, there yeah. were moments where I go, "This might not be his movie," right? But that's a Guy Ritchie moment. Yes, and to and me, the best example of what it means to be a Guy Ritchie movie is Ooh. Snatch. Ooh, okay, nice. And the reason I say that is because I felt like he started to evolve that with Lockstock. Yeah. And then perfected it with Snatch. Okay. And because I and I only and I know that obviously there's it, one's basically a continuation of the other, but I just feel like the, the it, it it was a pay, like Snatch is a better payoff for being a Guy Ritchie fan. Sure. And and Lockstock is is the setup, and then Snatch is the payoff. I mean everything from Brad Pitt. I mean like like that that is the most anti Brad Pitt role you could ever imagine. Sure. Sure. And perfectly exemplifies why I think Brad Pitt is actually one of the best actors of our generation. Okay. He's willing to take a role like that. Sure. And there's just so many jokes. So many, I mean, it's it's the payoff to the joke, right? Yeah. It's if if Lockstock in theory is Infinity War, right? Snatch is Endgame. Yeah. Lockstock is too rough for me. That's fair. It's too, uh, and I don't mean um, by the he's still co- the figuring content. it out. He's still figuring it out. Yes. It's and a, Snatch. It's he's an indie it out. movie. You know. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's an indie movie where you can see the potential. Yeah. Right, and yeah. so people love Lockstock, yeah. and I'm always like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah, but it's just it's, it needs to be refined. Yeah, to go back to our to our baseball oh, metaphors, yeah. like Lockstock is is an amazing baseball player that's trying to figure out the game and hits a double. Yeah, like it's pretty good. Yeah, and then Snatch is when he's back at plate and goes, "I know how to play this." Yeah, it's a home run. Fair enough. Like yes, that, and like they're the same player. Right, but he's just figured out the game. Yeah, that's and fair so enough. Snatch to me is a perfectly exemplifies what a, a Guy Ritchie movie is. It's the movie that probably made you most excited about Guy Ritchie yes, as a that, filmmaker. And, and I know that later this year, like, isn't late, later, later this year there's another Guy Ritchie, like, I know we have a lot. Oh, yeah. But there's a movie that is a Guy Ritchie movie. Yes. And I forget the name of it. But it's happening. The, and that excites me. The grandfather. That being said, the, can I get a, just a quick, quick sidebar. Yes. I love Sherlock. I love his Sherlock Holmes. What's it called, Gabe? Gabe is going to type it below. I love his Sherlock Holmes. I think his Sherlock Holmes takes a modern block, but like, okay, my first, we're in London. My first time in London was to do three junkets. One of them was Avatar and one of them was Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes was the better movie and it was what I always think of when I come to London. 
And I think his Sherlock Holmes is fantastic. Well, don't steal my pick. I'm sorry. You're going to steal my pick. Kevin, you're up next. Uh, Snatch, no question. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's particularly because of Benicio Del Toro's character, Mm. Frankie Fourfingers, who I absolutely love. I love the opening. Who is not referenced in Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, I I love the opening (laughs) of that movie. Um, I almost said that just in case. Yeah. Um, But uh, I love the opening of that movie because the way the camera spins during the, uh, the heist like the camera, like like does these like twists. I just love the way that Guy Ritchie shot the film and edited the film. The music, Brad Pitt's incredible. Statham crushes it. Frankie Fourfingers is such a fun character to watch. Uh, I just think the whole film had an amazing energy. I love Lockstock. I miss those types of Guy Ritchie movies. And yeah, there's something to be said about the style he put on those movies. Right. Uh, particularly Lock Lockstock. It's interesting. I think Lockstock might be a better movie, but I think Snatch is my favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mine is Sherlock. Mine first is the, Sherlock. Mine is the Explain. first Sherlock. Which I think is a very fair choice. I love Sherlock Holmes. It, the Sherlock Holmes movie. I think actually, to be fair, I think both Sherlock Holmes movies are really good. They, they are really good. They take the concept of a Sherlock Holmes story, but they fit it into how Guy Ritchie tells stories with slow motion, yeah. um, stunning visuals. His, his uh, explanation of how he's going to want to fight. Yes, exactly. That's it's Guy such Ritchie. a Guy Ritchie so sequence. Guy Ritchie. But it's also it's it's London. Um, it's you know the the Bowery, the the the, the lower avenues and of London. Downey and Jude Law are so good together. They like, like are, when you talk about Fastbender and McAvoy, yeah, I'd argue equally so. They're fantastic. And the, the, we did the first junket and they were paired together, and it was amazing. We even had this conversation about what has Downey done outside of the MCU, and what has really stood out for him, and Chocolate Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, and I know you love the judge too, but it's been the Sherlock. It's been Sherlock. Okay, like, to also. be fair, I, I love the judge knowing other people don't like the judge. Yeah, and that's fine. But I think him as Sherlock Holmes, his arrogance um, it, it just really dials into uh, if you're going to bring Sherlock back, and if like Benedict Cumberbatch did a modern version for the BBC, tremendous. Great. Tremendous. But if you're going to tell one set in the past, you get. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., you get Jude Law, and you get Guy Ritchie. Did you read about Robert Downey Jr.'s favorite website? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. How does he come up with them so quickly? Robert Downey Jr.'s <laughs> favorite website. Yeah, what is it? The Judge Report. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yeah, I love it. Uh, all right, next week. If this is my microphone, can oh, I wait. unplug it? Audience pick. Mike Reyes uh, and Carrie Case and my- several others. Uh, said so the man from Uncle. The man from Uncle. That's a oh, great movie. Yeah. What? Okay. Very good. Might I also make a maybe a potentially a hot take? I don't know. Mm-hmm. King Arthur is good. King Arthur is not bad. Yeah, I liked it. I liked but it. It's, yeah. And, and I don't. And I only feel the need to defend it because it got maybe labeled like the biggest one of the biggest bombs of the year. It's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's, it's good. I like it. It's a good movie. Um, I went to the set of King Arthur. Oh. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Not King Arthur. Man from Uncle. Oh, I love Man from Uncle. I love oh, man. Do we know what the UNCLE means yet? Don't they put a period in between each yeah, one? They do. Yes, but I don't know what it stands for. I feel like for. if we knew the show, we would know it. Okay. Yeah, I think it stands for something yeah, significant. I feel like someone that knows the show would easily be able to answer that question like that. Um, we went to the set for Man from Uncle. It was here in London. You visit so many sets, which is amazing, by the way. I've been lucky to visit a number of sets, yes. And I, I don't will want say, to brag, but I went to the set of Independence Day 2. I will say this. Also, I filmed the scene, they got cut. Alicia Vikander uh, was there before she was necessarily Oscar Alicia Vikander. Yes, she hadn't necessarily appeared in just about anything yet. 
And then we interviewed at the same time uh, Army Hammer and Henry Cavill, right? And since we already have the E, I will tell you how I felt when I interviewed them. Those two guys are so handsome that you just want – I literally looked at them and I was just like, fuck both of you. <laughs> like it's impossible that you two look – they were literally chiseled from Marvel, like especially Cavill. And they sat down in like the most dapper, like man from uncle clothes. You know, we watched them film a scene and then they came over and met with us and, and sat down and they were just – perfection sitting in front of you and you were just like why am I alive <laughs> right like why do I bother trying to do anything with the with my day when you two exist as people and it was just like a, that's and uh you know who else was my boy Frosty was with me when I did that so that was uh <laughs> Jake will not elaborate so anyway uh Chipper Beal also says snatch and Robert Shivery says he absolutely loves Dude. Sherlock Holmes. What, a, what a great mix. What a great mix of audience. Did you get uh, the, um, you're, you're talking about audience mix. Did you get um, Jake's mom's favorite guy, Richie? No. What is it? No. Jan from Jan Uncle. From Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Jan. Jan. Ah! <laughs> Her name is Jan. Jan Hamilton. Kevin. Jan from Uncle. Yeah. We got to wrap up. Okay, thank All you. right. For next week, you guys can reach out <laughs> on Twitter uh, uh, using hashtag Catherine Bigelow blend. We are going to oh. do the films of Catherine Bigelow, celebrated director. Favorite? When you were on that set, Sean, did yes. you happen to ask Army Hammer his favorite Wesley Snipes movie, did you? Um, I didn't ask no. him what his favorite Wesley Snipes movie is, but I'm going to guess that it maybe was... The fan from Uncle? <laughs> <laughs> Is it De Niro in that? Yeah, the fan. Oh, my God. The fan. That was a deep one. That was real deep on that one. Even Gabe's laughing. So let us know your pick. Gabe is drunk. Please let us know your pick uh, at RealBlend at CinemaBlend.com. You can also go to the Twitter feed uh, at RealBlend.com. We are at at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy, and at Sean underscore O'Connell. We hope you guys have appreciated our live podcast from London, the three of us together, uh, it's, it's a different kind of energy. It's something special when the three of us are able to get together and do a show. Um, we will be back with episode number 70. So thank you very much. We will talk to you guys next week. And until then, Don Kirk! It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.